Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Right now on KSL Plus. So right now the U.S. is dealing with an overheated economy. Inflation is higher than it has been in the last 40 years. The risk is if we push on the brakes too hard, we might end up going in reverse. The Federal Reserve is trying to curb that growth by increasing interest rates. The reverse option is you uh, tamp on the brakes so hard you cause an economic crash. And for the second straight quarter, the country's GDP shrunk, sparking more fears of a recession. Everything is more expensive, and the Federal Reserve is a little bit frightened by that. I'm Matt Rascone, and to make sense of it all, this week we bounce back and forth between my conversations with two people. It takes a while. There's still a lot of money floating out there in the economy. Phil Dean, uh, the chief economist at the Kempsey Gardner Policy Institute. And how people are nervous and scared. Scared of a recession, scared of losing money. And Jeff Selke, the owner of Selke Financial Group. The difference is we shouldn't stop our lives. We shouldn't stop spending. I talked to each of them shortly after the Fed's latest interest rate hike. The news just came down uh, at the time we're talking to you now. Um, what, uh, what, what is your initial reaction to the Federal Reserve raising interest rates another three quarters of a percentage? Yeah, I think it's basically what was expected. Uh, they've, I think, pretty clearly signaled that they're going to be on an upward trend in interest rates until inflation gets under control. And so this is another step of that process. You know, any one incremental step isn't necessarily a big deal, but the the accumulation of a number of these increases is a pretty big deal. Uh, and like I said, they're likely to continue until inflation's under control. The good news, I guess, maybe today, uh, was that they said they're maybe going to slow down the pace of how much they're they're raising interest rates, which doesn't mean they're going to stop raising interest rates. It just means they're going to slow down, maybe not raise as much next time. My colleagues and I are strongly committed to bringing inflation back down, and we're moving expeditiously to do so. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. You mentioned uh, it being a big deal. What What is the impact? What are we talking about here when we see the Reserve do this again and again and again? Yeah, so the direct impact on people is very small uh, from the rate that is actually increased. Uh, Federal Reserve is influencing overnight uh, interest rates between banks, very, very short-term loans. 
Um, but where it impacts people is when other interest rates adjust in response to that. So variable rate debt, uh, you think like a, a home equity credit line or maybe a credit card is going to adjust automatically as that occurs. So you think about mortgage interest rates, that's a very long-term rate. Um, those are going to go up. If you're in a fixed rate mortgage, it doesn't matter to you right now. Uh, when it does matter is next time you try to get a loan. The people it really impacts are the people uh, trying to buy a home right now. I have had clients that have had to reduce their price, and that's just because we are in the middle of this transitioning market. And you can see the transition in the data. In June, the Salt Lake metro area saw its share of homes with price cuts grow to 55.6%, according to the latest data from Redfin. That is more than double last year's share. And in May, almost half of home sellers in Salt Lake... Provo and Ogden dropped their asking price. We still have low inventory, but the demand has come down a little bit because the interest rates have gone up. And can you talk about the the reasoning behind this? I mean, we, we've heard it uh, several times in the last uh, couple of months. This is happening to curb inflation. How does that actually work? Basically, higher interest rates make it more expensive to buy things uh, that we finance. So you think a car, you think a home, on the business side, you might think about a factory or an equipment, these things that you don't have cash just to pay for typically. Uh, you finance, when interest rates are higher, it makes your monthly payment more expensive. And when your monthly uh, payment's more expensive, uh, we tend to buy less of those things. Anything, if you're borrowing for anything, it's gonna cost you more. Big corporations are gonna have to pay higher interest as they borrow money to finance their operations. All of that is going to cause That'll cause the economy to slow down because now companies, if you think of a company that's borrowing money right now, and maybe they could borrow at 2% a year ago, but now they've got to borrow at 4%, that's much more expensive money. And so they're going to have less money to pay their employees and to expand or to grow. And so that's going to cause them to pull back and slow down, maybe even lay off some employees just to help keep their costs down because their interest costs are going up. And that's true for us personally, right? If, if, my, if I'm going to go buy a house now today or buy a car and it's going to cost me more, significantly more in interest, now I have less money to spend on travel, on food, on fun. Um, and so I'm going to cut back on those areas because I'm paying more in interest. And so that's, gonna, that's why it will slow down the economy. So right now the U.S. is dealing with an overheated economy uh, coming out of the pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of uh, money thrown into the system. Uh, interest rates were very low, and that led to an overheated economy. Now the Federal Reserve is trying to get that overheated economy back to a smoothly functioning economy. I equate it to driving down the freeway. Right now we're going 100 miles an hour down the freeway, um, and we want to get back to going the speed limit at you know 75 miles an hour or whatever. Uh, the risk is... If we push on the brakes too hard, we might end up going in reverse. And so that's the hard job the Federal Reserve has, is to try to slow us down from 100 miles an hour, get us back to smooth functioning without throwing the economy in reverse. What would that look like? What does the reverse option look like? Yeah, I mean, the reverse option is you uh, tamp on the brakes so hard, you cause an economic crash, uh, you cause uh, massive layoffs in the economy, uh, because you temper demand so much that people stop buying not just a little bit less, but they buy a lot less. And so then those layoffs occur, reducing incomes in the economy, and you kind of get in this vicious negative cycle 
of more layoffs because then people have lower incomes. Uh, and that, that's what they're trying to calibrate. Uh, I think it's going to be a challenging task for them to be able to do that. But that's what they're hoping for is, is to avoid a situation where, where they slow the economy down so much that we have massive layoffs in the economy. And I guess the question right now that, you know, that, that comes up is, well, are we in a recession? Is that coming up? And is that, is that necessary in order to curb inflation? Do we need to get to that point? We don't need a recession, and we, we don't want a recession necessarily. But what the Federal, Federal Reserve is doing by raising interest rates so quickly and so much is probably going to send us into a recession. Um, our thought is that we are not in a recession right now, but it's coming. And probably middle of next year, middle of 2023. Um, as they keep raising interest rates, that's going to slow down the economy and have a gradual effect of, of sending us into a recession. So yes, it's probably coming. We don't feel like we're in one right now. I, I think there definitely has to be a slowdown compared to where we've been in economic activity. We need to get back to more normal functioning in the economy. Uh, part of the challenge and part of why I think is it, there's significant risk of a recession is because they waited too long to start increasing interest rates. In my view, they should have be should have started this process in a more even, a more tempered way starting last year. Uh, but instead, they waited and, and until this year to start those very significant increases. So instead of having maybe slow quarter percentage point increases or maybe half percentage point increases, they're having to do really big lurches. And it's those lurching increases in interest rates, I think, that create a lot of the, uh, a lot of the economic challenge because they, they got behind inflation instead of getting ahead of it. I think that's true. Yeah, they, they waited um, and they could have started right at the beginning of the year as they saw inflation already kicked in last year, but they didn't do anything until the spring of 2022. So they could have started sooner and yeah, maybe made it a little bit less dramatic <laughs> uh, than what they're doing right now uh, because 0.75% or three quarters of a percent is a lot for them to raise rates in one meeting. And that, now they've done it twice in a row. Um, and so that, that's a lot. Based on everything you know about uh, the economy and about inflation and uh, the interest rate hike, um, what uh, what's what's your best guess for a forecast of what what we what we should expect? I'd expect continued rate increases. I don't think uh, today's increase is the last. Uh, I expect we're definitely going to see moderation occur. Uh, Certainly a, a significant likelihood of a recession, although I don't think that's a 100% guarantee uh, like some, some do, but there's definitely very significant uh, risk in that. If our projections are right, we think we'll see an, a recession probably next year. Hopefully it's not a horrible recession, not like a 2008 type scenario where you know things were really ugly and tens of millions of people lose their job. Um, hopefully it's a, a minor recession or a shallow recession, they might call it, where, yes, growth is down, uh, so the economy is not growing, it's, it's declining slowly, but hopefully it's not a, a major decline. It's just a soft, we're hoping for a soft landing, uh, meaning that the economy does go down for six months, eight months, ten months, but hopefully we come out of that and we'll come out better. I want to transition momentarily to the Utah economy, uh, that I do think we have a lot of fundamental strengths 
uh, here here in the state that maybe other states don't enjoy. We have uh, the youngest population in the U.S., a highly educated population, and that gives us some economic benefit. Uh, that especially as, as you look coming out of the the Great Recession in 2008-2009 period. Uh, strongest economic growth in the country. So coming into the pandemic, we had the strongest uh, economic growth. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, Utah and Idaho together had uh, the strongest economies in the nation. Um, so so even with the different challenges that, that the U.S. is working through overall, I do think Utah is much better situated than other uh, states to manage whatever comes down the road in the near future. The Federal Reserve making history. People are nervous and scared. The risk of recession is is unfortunately high. It is a real, real struggle. Now you look at the prices and you're like, I just won't get it. Within 24 hours after my conversations with Jeff and Phil, the Bureau of Economic Analysis released its GDP report. The gross domestic product fell 0.9% in the second quarter after decreasing 1.6% in the first quarter. Historically, back-to-back declines have signaled a recession. Okay, so two quarters in the negative, we're in a recession. Correct. But the strong labor market we're seeing could prevent an official declaration. This is an economy that's weakening at a much faster rate than most people expected. It showed that the U.S. economy shrunk for the second straight quarter this year. We're not trying to have a recession, and we don't think we have to. For me, the big indicator is jobs. There are GDP indicators out there that uh, that showed negative GDP uh, in the first quarter and, and this week. Uh, there should be more data out on that. Um, but to me, that's less of an important indicator than actual jobs. Everybody is looking for employees and not just employees. We want good employees. And during that same time period, we've seen very strong uh, jobs. We've seen drops in the unemployment rate, very strong hiring. And, and so to me, that's where that's what's my definition of a recession is when you start having these very significant layoffs in the economy on on net. Uh, and that's where you start entering this downward spiral uh, in today's economy. My assumption that if firms were to lay people off. We're still dealing with labor shortages. Uh, there's still a lot of job opportunity out there. And so laid off people would just go find a new job probably pretty easily. When we have a driver shortage to begin with, and then we have operators calling in sick, we have to scramble a little bit. When that doesn't happen, when those new jobs to go find are not there, that's where I think you have the very significant risk of, of what I consider a meaningful recession. And is it true that we don't really know that we're in a recession until we're already there? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the challenges uh, with economic data. We're always looking in the rearview mirror. And so we're, we're looking at back a lot of times, you know, it might be a year later before recessions declared because they uh, look at when something bottoms out and starts recovering again to kind of identify the end point of a recession. Um, so to me, I look comprehensively at many economic indicators, not just one, um, but it's We'll we'll find out later officially if there was a recession uh, and people need to make decisions in their lives right now, not not a year down the road when a declaration is made. Uh, and that's I think that's one of my takeaways in all of it, like whether or not we're in 
uh, a technical recession. I think it's important for people to to prepare financially, uh, both in their their household budgets in their companies, to be pre- prepared for whatever eventuality may come, um, rather than focusing so much on oh are we or are we not. Uh, look at what's happening day to day in your family budgets, in your business budgets, and plan accordingly. I think with what's going on right now with the economy slowing down, with interest rates going higher and inflation super high, it's causing fear. I think, you know, on, on my radio show, I, I, thousands of people listen to my radio show on KSL every, every weekend, and, and I'm hearing again and again how people are nervous and scared. Scared of a recession, scared of losing money in their investment accounts. And we're seeing that, right? The stock market is down for the year since January 1st and quite a bit. And so that has scared people as far as seeing their accounts go down, their 401ks, their IRAs, they're watching it go down and that's scary. They don't know what that means and and is that going to hurt their future retirement? And what impact, I guess, does that fear then, what does that lead to? The fear leads to people holding back, right? If I'm thinking, hey, I want to go on this big European vacation this year, Maybe now because of the fear of recession and the fear of rising interest rates and the fear of losing money in my investment accounts, maybe I'm going to say, hey, I'm not going to do that vacation this year. And that's how a recession really starts, is that people start pulling back, spending less, and as demand goes down, that hurts the economy. So it's all sort of, you know, that sort of contributes to the recession. But I guess, is that a wise thing to do? What should, what should be, people be doing? People should be, you you do want to have a rainy day fund, meaning an emergency fund. You do want to have food storage and you want to have, you know, some basic things to make sure you can survive an economic downturn, just like any time. So this is no different than any other time in history. The difference is um, we shouldn't stop our lives. We shouldn't stop spending or stop, you know, enjoying life necessarily. That doesn't mean you can't cut back to maybe save a little bit more, suck a little aside in a savings account just to know that you have an emergency fund so that if you do get laid off or lose your job, that you have some money to survive that, you know, whether it be a few months or a year period of a recession. So we, we want to be ready for that. At the same time, we shouldn't be changing our lives, not at this point. But I think the fear is that it's coming, that a recession's coming, so we're going to have to pull back. When will we see the effects of the rate increase? Because we haven't seen it yet, it seems like. Yeah, you're exactly right. We haven't seen anything. Inflation is just getting worse, not better, even though they're raising interest rates. But the thought is, as they raise interest rates, that will slow down the economy and that will cause inflation to start going down. But it could take several months and it's going to be a very long process. Um, Inflation will not go away overnight. In fact, it'll probably take months, if not a year or two, for inflation to really start going down. Interest rate increases uh, influence the economy with a lag. They show up later than when the actual change is made because uh, people often make some of these decisions well in advance, right? So, so these effects show up uh, historically, you know, anywhere between 12, 18, 24 months um, down the road. I think with how large some of these have been, uh, that time frame's uh, probably accelerating, uh, that, that it will happen faster. But it, it takes a while. There's still a lot of money floating out there in the economy 
uh, from what was done during the pandemic. And it, it's going to take time for all of that to turn its way all the way through the economy. This story of the economy is one my colleagues and I have been reporting on and will continue to follow on KSL TV and here on KSL Plus. You can also let us know if there's a story we should look into on this show. Easiest way to do that is to follow and message KSL Plus on Instagram or Twitter. You can also send me a direct message on my social media pages, Matt Rascone News. That does it for us this week on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone, and we'll see you again next week.